Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, CEO of om-heals.com and OptiMatch, om.app, and we are so grateful to have you here today for an interview with one of my favorite thought leaders and dear friends who I cherish and adore joining us today from lovely Australia, Shakti Durga. Shakti Durga has quite a unique background. She began her career for many years as a barrister in Sydney, Australia, and then had her own personal awakening that led her to the mystical path of becoming a seeker that has now touched the lives of tens of thousands of people around the world. She has personally trained over 10,000 healers through her own organization, And one of my favorite things that Shakti does that has actually saved some of my dear friends' lives is something she created called the Wellbeing Initiative, the WBI.org, which provides free, you heard it, free healings to those who cannot afford it or donation-based healings. So the work Shakti has done has definitely made a profound impact on my life and that of the lives of those that I love. And I'm so grateful to have her here with us today to discuss consciousness and how she evolved from being a barrister to one of the top leading mystical teachers in the world. Shakti, thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's just lovely to be with you again. Oh, I know. Our souls passed, our souls crossed, our paths crossed about two or three years ago, and it was kismet. It's one of those things where you just meet somebody and it's I know you. So we are meant to play in this space and time together. Indeed. And, and yeah, we get each other. It's such a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we've had the privilege of getting to hug each other and say hello in person the last time you were over on this side of the pond. And so, Shakti, you have such a marvelous story of going from the left brain, traditional, logical side to moving into the mystical and yet still pulling through these elements of logic and wisdom together. Tell us a little bit about how consciousness came to be something that was so meaningful to you. When I was a younger woman, I thought consciousness had to do with the things you learn and that if one was clever academically, then one had a high consciousness. That's what I thought. Then what happened was through the practice of law, I loved law, loved practicing law, met amazing people, my clients were amazing. It was great, a great time in my life, except for my personal life, which was a total mess. And I had a, a marriage that was tricky. And then a horrible divorce happened when my first child was two. And it was because of the pain, actually, that I went on to search and explore. I had to, really. I felt depressed. I felt anxious. I had no energy. And I was feel, finding life very hard. And one of my colleagues, actually, one of the lawyers I worked with said, you're a mess. Why don't you come and meet my meditation teachers? And this was in the very early 1990s when it wasn't common like it is now. And so it took a bit of, (laughs) okay, then I'll come and meet your meditation teachers. And anyway, they were lovely. It started a journey that was like pulling the curtains back, the black curtains that had fallen over my consciousness 
and showing the sun through again, which is one of the reasons I love this background that I've got on here. It's like pulling back that consciousness that's like bricks that's surrounding you and letting the sun in. So that was the beginning of it. And I learned a whole bunch of stuff around personal development and meditation. And I became avid with my meditation practice twice a day, every day. And some years passed. And then I got ill. I had a very bad bronchitis pneumonia thing that just wouldn't let up for months on end. And I tried all the usual things. And then someone said to me, try energy healing, which I thought was the most bizarre thing I'd ever heard. If meditation was weird, energy healing is so far out of the field. Anyway, I thought, oh, whatever, it's, it's 50 bucks or something. I'll just go and do it and see. I did. And of course, what happened? This very amazing tuned in healer that I stumbled on pulled all this grief out of my lungs from what I'd been through in my personal life. And my bronchitis disappeared within about 24 hours and I was well again. And I tell you, it was such a shock. And in fact, I was tempted to pretend it hadn't happened because it threatened the way I saw the world. Because in my world, you can't do that. You can't wave your hands around and fix someone's bronchitis. And so it was shocking. And then I consciously decided I need to understand that. And so then I went on to learn many healing modalities including crystal healing and pranic healing and Reiki and lots of the stuff. And then what I noticed was that when I was offering someone a healing, my consciousness shifted. This was fascinating to me because being pretty rational and logical, I didn't believe in stuff like clairvoyance or clairaudience. I didn't believe in any of that stuff. And here I was having experiences of being able to perceive what was in people's energy fields and hear their thoughts sometimes when I was connecting with them as a, in service as a healer. And I thought, what is going on? This is so amazing. And, of course, one could be delusional, and I didn't discount that possibility. <laughs> I didn't. But at the same time, I would check out what I was seeing or what I was hearing or what I was feeling I'm perceiving this. Does this mean anything to you? And nine times out of 10, they'd go, oh, my God, that's so meaningful to me. And yet I'd never met that person before and I didn't know this about them. So this was surprising and fascinating for me. And so it spurred me on to keep practicing healing, to keep learning, to keep offering my services as, well, I was still practicing law at the same time. So <laughs> I had quite <laughs> interesting experiences during that time too. And, and then I met some really high teachers, some really mystical teachers, and I started a whole other journey of consciousness looked at through the lens of mysticism. Mm. And sometimes I think that there are ways of perceiving the world that just have to be experienced. You just have to trust your own experience and discuss it with reputable guides, teachers, friends. And so that's what happened. And one thing led to another. Within a few years, I was transitioning out of law because my healing practice was becoming so crazy big that I couldn't keep up with it all. And I was so passionate about it and passionate about consciousness. And I noticed how not only did my consciousness change when I was offering healing, but the consciousness of the clients changed 
as they proceeded on their healing journey. And I learned a lot about the interface between our energy field, our mind, and the lived, felt, sensed experience, all of which to me is part of consciousness. And so it was just a very rich time of life. I I think it's so beautiful that it's funny that you're joining us this week for the show. And just a week prior, we had a NASA space engineer on who, much like you, had a very similar journey where she grew up in Pakistan and then decided that she wanted to learn more about energy and the quantum. And I just love the synchronicities that for the Mm. first time, I think, in human history, we're seeing this massive awakening of people who might not otherwise, even my dear friend Don Hoffman from a few episodes ago, wrote a mathematical formula, scientific formula for consciousness that they're working on proving, saying consciousness is fundamental. So Shakti, let's talk about that for a moment. This has been the thread that's been pulling through a lot of these episodes lately. Could consciousness be fundamental or are we really living in this duality that we seem to think we are? Tell me a little bit about that. My explorations in consciousness have shown that consciousness is definitely the primary substance, if you want to call it that, of reality, the non-substance of reality. (laughs) Along the way, there's been many mystical experiences or epiphanies or samadhi experiences that I've had where I found myself to be one with the limitlessness, one with the limitless light, one with the earth, the trees, and I'm not a drug taker. It's not been in complete sobriety. It's been just from the inner experience of, um, of going into the soul realm of one's own being. And I've had some really great instruction from teachers over the years, and then my spirit started teaching me, my own soul started teaching me, which I think we've all got the capacity for. What's been shown to me is that everything's consciousness from the most invisible nothingness that would be similar and even beyond the quantum field, I suppose, that's pure consciousness, no form, just bliss, absolute bliss. And then that blissfulness started creating souls, Mm. which to my observation looks like a tornado of light coalescing out of the limitless light into geometries of light and, and sound that are unique to every person. That's how it's been shown to me. And then from the soul itself, we extend down our energy field or spirit, which collects an astral body or mind along the way. And that's a very interesting part of who we are because that's where we start to connect with that which exists in separateness from all that is. And so if you think of the inchoate absolute nothingness and then souls forming, and then a whole different dimension forming through which we create a mind, conscious and unconscious, the matrix of all of the thoughts of humans, all of the beliefs, all the memories, all of the expectations, everything to do with mental constructs happening in this astral field. What's more, anytime any creative impulse drops down from the soul realm into the astral realm, it then seems to fracture go into a thousand different vibrations of possibility from the very lightest, most blissful, pure, peaceful way of doing things all the (laughs) way down to the hardest, most grueling, grinding, unpleasant way of doing things. So that 
everything has these different potentials to it. And then it's where do we live in that spectrum of experience? And to me, the experiential world of the physical world that we can perceive through our senses, it connects viscerally with that which is inchoate in the astral field to give rise to what we physically experience. And we mentally experience it, we emotionally experience it. It accords with our expectation or perhaps our memories. And then we're willing to say, that's reality. And then our energy field engages with all of the above and is like a transfer station between the solid, liquid and gas of these different dimensions. Not that they're solid, liquid and gas, that's all happening in the physical world, but by analogy, if you can understand the watery world of the mind compared to the utter sunshine of the soul realm. And uh, to me, what we're here for is to explore consciousness and to utilize all of the lovely things that happen in life, all of the awful things that happen in life, and to weave together more love than we ever thought would be possible, more sense of potential, more individuation into our full creative self than we ever thought we could, and hence to become empowered in a way that we can utilise consciousness at the same time as we understand we are consciousness, having an experience of being, in my case, Shakti Doga, in your case, Jennifer Cahill, and consciousness is delighting in all of us being who we are. Whether we're delighting in it or not is kind of real consciousness, delighting in itself, taking on all these different forms. Yeah, that's how it seems to be to me. Yeah, I'm going to share, for those of you who are listening on iTunes or Amazon Music, you can go to our YouTube channel, at Jennifer Cahill is the YouTube channel. And I'm going to go ahead and put up an image right now that Shakti shared with me just before the show. So if you want to see the image, we'll do our best to describe it for you. But you can see it on the video portion of the interview. Shakti, maybe you could share a little bit about what this consciousness equation means and describe it to the best of our ability for those listening out there. Yeah, sure. This map fell into my head over 20 years ago and it wouldn't go away. And basically what it is, it's like a big capital V. V for vector, a big V, and across the top of it are little side things, and those side bits are where we connect with each other. So, in fact, if there was you and I, we'd be two Vs next to each other. But there's no top on this model because in the unity field quantum or kasha of our being, we're actually one. We look like two people, but we're actually all in the oneness together. Then we come down through the dimensions of this V diagram. And by the way, all of these dimensions are capable of being experienced in meditation. Mm. And part of what I do is help people to have a a felt-sensed experience of these different dimensions. But from the absolute infinite oneness, we come down into the next dimension in the V, which is the soul realm. And as I said, my observation of this process is that the soul coalesces from the oneness in this extraordinary birthing of geometries of light and sound and very blissful. So this to me is where the book of Genesis is written from. It's the world of creation. It's where everything exists in its most beautiful form. 
and as the creative impulse or idea. It's also where I think Ascended Masters live. It's where we interface with various gods and goddesses from different pantheons and archangels and so forth. They're existing in this realm and then they come down through the next dimension, which is the astral or the mind dimension, to where we can connect with them. So it's very pure in this soul realm and very amazing. And we come from there, all of us do. And we'll go back there when we leave our bodies as well. The dimension of mind that we come down through next has to do with how we perceive our reality. It has to do with the vibration of our thoughts and our emotions and our whole being. And it's anything that can be brought to mind lives in here. So any learning happens in the mind dimension happens in here, but there are ways of learning that are beyond the mind. And that's been something I've been fascinated to experience over the last 30 years of my journey has been learning that goes beyond the mind into the oneness to bring forth the is of what's required in that moment. So it's like an intuitive consciousness that flows through but resonates with the people that are that you're serving. So it's quite a, an amazing thing. And I'd love it if there was a world full of people, all of whom were had the training to be able to access these states of consciousness. Some of the problems that come in with the mind dimension is that polarity exists there. So for every good, there's a bad. For every up, there's a down. For everyone who believes a particular thing, there'll be those who don't believe it. So everything exists in opposition. And you could call them the masculine and the feminine of anything that comes into the mind dimension. Even scientific formulas or paradigms, there'll be those who believe in them and those who don't even though one would say, yeah, but it's science. Mm. Yeah, but we're human. So there'll still be people who believe it, people who don't believe it. So this duality of experience happens there. The energy field pulls all of this together and all of this in a way could be described as our spirit, the energy field with the chakras, with the aura, with the meridians that acupuncturists work on. All of that together, you could say, is the energetic superhighway, the consciousness superhighway, and each of our energy centers is capable of holding various different charges of energy. And the way we hold energy in these centers will give rise to certain types of consciousness. And we can change the consciousness by changing how energy is held in the various centers. And uh, I'd have thousands and thousands of case studies on that, as would anybody who's been an energy healer for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then finally, there's the physical world, which in this map of reality is like the world of everything else put together leads to what you experience physically. And so whether it be physical or non-physical, it still to me seems like it's just made out of consciousness. I've had the privilege of working with Indigenous elders here in Australia and going into landscapes on country, as they say, and perceiving their world through their eyes. And they have such a relationship with a rock. And we'd think it's just a rock. But no, they can derive meaning from the rock and they can converse with the rock in a way that defies what a Western person's consciousness would be able to cope with. But they have learned 
how to perceive the consciousness that's existing in the physical realm and how fire, earth, air, and water, the elements, each have a consciousness. So imagine that. So basically, if we're experiencing reality of anything at all, say it's a relationship or say it's your experience of wealth and there's a blockage that you're not enjoying that. So with this map of the consciousness equation, you can look in the different dimensions to say, where's the block? So is it in the physical realm? Am I using my body language all wrong? If I'm looking for more wealth, do I actually do any work? Have I created channels for abundance to come to me? Do I have a YouTube station? Do I have a spare room that I could let out to somebody, but I haven't? So there's physical things that are real. And then there's the energy dimension. What is sitting in your chakras from this or any other lifetime that could be completely blocking you from what it is you want? And we can clean that out. What's sitting in your mind is your belief system that gives rise to the reality that you will experience because that's what you're noticing. And so we can clean out that level of reality and we can switch out lower vibrational choices and we can we can use hope and faith and visioning to give rise to a different way of being. And that's a, an incredibly sacred journey. In the Western mysteries, they talk about the search for the Holy Grail. And to me, that's one of the applications of the teaching around the Holy Grail, creating a consciousness so strong and steadfast in the beauty that life has to offer that you're willing to churn all of the bits that are not that. And there's some spiritual teachings around the churn to bring forth that that beautiful reality, like bringing the sun through from a dark night. And then, of course, in the realm of the soul, we have the many lives that the souls lived, each of which can be contacted if people know how to do that. And also there's the spiritual laws, such as the law of karma, the law of vibration, the law of faith. There's so many, about about a dozen laws. Deepak's written a book about it. I've also written a book about it, about the different laws and how perhaps we're not living congruently with one of those laws. You know, as a lawyer, I had to write a book about spiritual laws. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) very apropos. And so you can work on that level to affect your reality. And... And then finally, there's the infinite. Are you really connecting with the essence of who you are? Because this consciousness equation doesn't just describe the universe. It describes each one of us. We are the divine. We are this amazing, enormous light-filled soul. We are an astral configuration. Uh, Our minds are configured in certain ways. We are a certain configuration of energy, and we have certain physical expressions that we've come to think of as self and my world. I would suggest that the more we study consciousness, the more we come to understand that all of that is able to be affected and we can learn to hold consciousness differently and have different outcomes in our lives. Now, I'm not for a moment saying you're going to have no problems. I think that would be a very banal and simplistic way of seeing this. But what I'm saying is that your problems, they are the grist to the mill of your development and they're a gift actually, that they're just as sacred as anything else going on in your life, that the feelings of love we have in certain situations and we think how sacred is that. 
but it's the pain that's sacred as well and our capacity to transform through that pain to take that darkness into a kind of a golden light. That's what I think is that we're here for, to help each other to do that. I I love that, Shati. We often have these juicy conversations before we hit record. And just before this, Shati and I were sharing some of our own recent, let's say, opportunities for growth, as I like to call them. And I was sharing with Shati that this morning in my prayer and meditation, I had quite an interesting evening last night, being awake from 1 to 5 a.m., a sick dog, tossing and turning back-to-back meetings all day today. And it's so easy from a consciousness standpoint to go into victim consciousness. It's not fair. It shouldn't be this way. So the first thing I did is I asked in my morning prayer and meditation universe, what was the lesson you wanted me to learn? And I pulled it up. And what I heard was, the things you resist cause you pain. The things you accept bring you pleasure. And so that is my message for everybody today is to look at what are we resisting? Where could we allow a little bit more surrender in our life and apply these beautiful conscious mapping techniques with Shakti that she's just shared with us and all of the other brilliant thought leaders we've had on the show? Shakti, do you have any closing thoughts or a piece of wisdom maybe that you didn't get to share that you'd love to leave the audience with today? Just that big souls come to earth to experience things that the average person would probably be crushed by and that if you happen to be someone who's incarnated into a life that's very difficult, that's very challenging, that if you're able to connect with your soul and your spirit and you'll find that you will create miracles in your own life and in the lives of others and that the strength is within you to be able to rectify your own inner being, such that you come to a place of acceptance, like Jen says, you can find yourself in a different way and formulate your view of life in a way that brings more love and fulfillment than perhaps might seem possible when we're at the coalface of those things that make us feel victimized. And so feeling victimized to me is step one, and then it's what we do with it. And that the most heroic people that I've ever met in my life have been people who've really had a hard time and that they've risen through it. So I just want to encourage you, make friends with your consciousness, make friends with your energy field, make friends with your soul, and you'll be amazed at what you can do. I love it, my friend. And if people want to connect with you, is the WBI.org or ShaktiDurga.com, are those the two best places for people to go? They are. Yeah, that's right. So the the WBI.org is for anybody who might like to try lift style energy healing. We have 30, 30 amazing therapists who are working with us on that project, helping people who can't otherwise afford energy healing. Shaktidoga.com is more for people who are interested in mysticism, spirituality, and who are wanting to engage with programs and perhaps learn how to be healers themselves. Beautiful, my friend. Thank you so much. I love and adore Shakti Durga, and I'm so grateful that she was able to be here and share her beautiful wisdom with you on consciousness. Again, I'm Jennifer K. Hill, CEO of om-heals.com, and we encourage you that if you are out there, no matter what pain you might be going through, We invite you to turn inwards, explore your consciousness, explore these different realms that Shakti was sharing about today, and dance with your consciousness and allow it to take you to new heights. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.